The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. It's a Sunday, Monday, depending on where you may be, edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski. And I have a little extra glow because I am in South Florida right now. You would not believe the setup I had. I had Dolphin game in front of me, Jet game on the screen, red zone flipping to the, from the Jet game in between commercials. I mean, it did not get any better for me. And I'm sure it did not get any better for any of you who are New York Jet fans. Watching your team absolutely go and dismantle the Chicago Bears, it might have been a little too close to comfort in the first half of this game, but the Jets do exactly what they need to do in the second half of this game. And the story is a simple one. I think it's pretty easy if you ask me. I think Zach Wilson has played his last snap as New York Jets starting quarterback. And why do I say that? Look at the difference in when Mike White comes in, and I don't want to hear about how bad the Bear defense may be, and, oh, he should put up numbers, and Zach might have put up numbers. Ask yourself this question in your heart of hearts. It's an honest question if you're a Jet fan. Do the Jets put up 30 points, and do the Jets smoke the Chicago Bears if Zach Wilson is leading your offense today? Think about that for a minute. Do you put up 30 points? Do you win by 21? Do you win with your feet up in the fourth quarter if Zach is starting this game? I don't think so. I think a majority of Jeff fans you will talk to will feel exactly the same way. Mike White came in and had a comfort, had a swag, had a confidence level about him. And again, 
as far as the grand conclusions of, oh, he's our quarterback next year, year beyond that, like, I'm cooling the Jets on that. I am well aware of the fact that the Jets have the Minnesota Vikings coming up and that the Jets have the Buffalo Bills coming up and that for Mike White, he will learn about life in the NFL against far more, dare I say, superior defenses. But here's what you'll love about today's game. Garrett Wilson, remember how much fun he was in the first couple of games of the year when Joe Flacco was throwing him the football? The big game he had against Cleveland, uh, the big games he had against Baltimore, you name it. Like, he was exciting to watch. And over the last few weeks, let's be honest, Garrett Wilson has done absolutely nothing. He has not made plays because he has had a quarterback that has been incapable of getting him the football. Sure enough, Mike White goes in and Garrett Wilson is making plays. They're not the most jaw-dropping throws. It's not like you know, Mike White was taking it and chucking it 60 yards down the field and it was ooh and ah. But you got a talented wide receiver. You get him the football. It's really as simple as that. Garrett Wilson with a game-breaking touchdown play. You love to see that. You know what I loved even more? Because I expected Garrett Wilson to feast against the Chicago Bears. Hello, Elijah Moore. You remember last year when Elijah Moore was a thing? You remember last year when Elijah Moore was all over the field in a variety of different games in the second half of the year? And you're like, wow, this is going to be a 1,000-yard wide receiver. This is going to be a guy who is a cornerstone of the rebuild. Well, Elijah Moore has been MIA to the point where Elijah Moore wanted out with the New York Jets. Elijah Moore didn't want to be here. Now, you want to tell me that Zach Wilson? Sure, be my guest. You want to tell me that's not getting the rock? Be my guest. But he had not been a factor within the offense. Well, now all of a sudden, Elijah Moore is making plays. And he's involved. And dare I say, what is he doing? Scoring a touchdown. You had two young jet-wide receivers. Garrett Wilson with two. Elijah Moore with one. And I saw the Danny Heifetz tweet, which is fantastic. And it gave me shades of Hayden Christensen and the awful Star Wars prequel movies that they made one, two, and three. I'm sure the Fox broadcast captured it. The scene of Zach Wilson on the gloomy, miserable day at MetLife Stadium, the hood on, the woe-is-me look, the guy looked like the most miserable human being on planet Earth. Did he not? He should be. He's done as Jet quarterback. D-O-N-E, done! Because think about it. Mike White is off the freaking scrap heap. And he's coming in and he's getting wide receivers involved. Can you honestly say in your heart of hearts that Zach Wilson is going to come back at some point this year and lead the team and have an opportunity to play? Hell no. The, 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 the Jet locker room is going to be all in on Mike White, as they should be. <laughs> he works hard. He's getting his playmakers the ball, and he's winning. The Jets are going to play Mike White. They're going to give him the rest of this year. Maybe to make the playoffs. Maybe they don't. I think the defense will have a lot to do with that. But come next year, the Jets will be in a position where they say, okay, if Mike White ain't it, we'll go get ourselves a veteran quarterback, 
And we'll have plenty of time to discuss those names, whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo, who is the obvious answer with all of the Jet ties on their coaching staff to the San Francisco regime. And that player and that quarterback makes a lot of sense. You want to tell me Carr? You want to dream it's Aaron Rodgers? Sure, go right ahead. But for this year, right here, right now, it's Mike White fever. And you know what? Enjoy it. 315 yards, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. Thing of beauty. Running game was even good in the second half. And it was Knight and Johnson. So much for Carter and Robinson. Knight and Johnson doing their thing. So, good win for the Jets. And I think today was a very good day for the head coach. A very, very good day for the head coach. Because he realized the crisis. He acknowledged the situation. He handled the situation. And his team acted accordingly. You know, I had an idiot friend of mine, and I'm not going to name him because he's a Giant fan and maybe he's a hater and maybe he's a cynic, but he was mocking me. He was mocking Joe. He was mocking all of us that might have bet the New York Jets today every which way because, oh, it was, it was too obvious. Have you, have you lived a life on earth for your 34 years? That was his exact quote. Mocking me for taking the New York Jets. Wow. The joke is on you, my friend. The scoreboard. I'm just going to point up to the scoreboard. It's not anywhere in sight because I'm at Hard Rock Stadium right now, but it's imaginary. I hope you enjoy it. Cool win for the Jets. Looking forward to next week. The games today ended up being a lot better than I thought they were going to be. So we're taping this because I'm at Hard Rock Stadium right now. I wanted to do this bad boy right after the 1 o'clock games. It's fresh. It's in my mind. Away we go. The Giants have themselves a game next week. We could start fantasizing about it. We could start talking about it. The game for the Giants now against the Commanders takes on such significance with Washington winning against the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know what the Falcons were doing on the goal line. I don't know how Cordero Patterson does not get the hands in, you know, the football in his hands. And listen, I sound like a bitter, frustrated, angry fantasy owner, but that's fine. He's one of your best offensive playmakers. Get him the football, for goodness sakes. But the commanders are red hot. They're playing good football. It is obvious. They have a quarterback that has inspired them, and his name is Taylor Heineke. Heineke has inspired them for whatever the reason. He's energetic. He makes plays with his legs. He finds a way to get the playmakers to football. It's like a situation where, boom, you get that spark. So you have the 7-5 and five Commander against the seven and four giant next week. And I haven't looked at a line. Buddy of mine texted me this. So again, take it with a grain of salt. Tells me that the commander are favored at MetLife Stadium next Sunday. So that tells you that the public perception of the New York Giants is not particularly high right now. This is going to be the sort of week where a lot of people are going to be doubting the Giants. This is the talent on the team. This is what you expected. This is the sort of team that inevitably was going to show up. So we're going to talk about that with Daniel Jones when he comes on this week. Hey, it's crunch time now for your team. The Giants are already ahead of the eight ball learning curve, whatever you want to call it. The fact that they are off to a seven and four start, we all know that. But if you are of the belief that this is going to be a playoff team, you got to find a way to get one against Washington minimally. And I think the magic number for the Giants, both teams have tough schedules. We've looked. 
Commander just went through their soft portion. Giants, as we know, Eagles twice, Commanders twice. Even the Colts won't be a layup at Minnesota. That is a tough, tough, tough schedule. But these Commander games, listen, you beat Washington twice, you're in. Because look around the NFC. Who else is finding their way to nine outside of Washington from a wild card standpoint? Seattle's the only team that could do it. You win the two games against Washington, you're a playoff team. That's what I would be hammering home if I am Brian Dable. Someday, and when they play in a couple of weeks, which, mark my words, is going to end up being a Saturday game. Win the two games against the commander, and you will be a playoff team. But, man, Jet Giant playing monstrous, monstrous, monstrous December football games that matter. Am I living in 2022, or is this like 2008 all over again? Or 2006. I feel like I need a time warp, quite frankly. Like, I, I, I can't believe the world I'm living in. That, like, I'm going to be sitting down on Sunday. Jets and Giants are playing at 1 o'clock. And both games mean the world to both teams. Good times for us here at New York, New York. Listen, I'm not even pounding my chest about my 8-3 Dolphins, who basically were up 30 to nothing, put the, took the foot off the, the pedal and put in Skylar Thompson and made me sweat out 13. Life is good, man. Seven and four Jets, seven and four Giants. And yeah, I'm throwing my team in there. I'm the host of the show. I'm allowed to do so. The eight and three Miami Dolphins. All right, we'll get some calls. We'll have some fun with trivia. We'll run around the league, recap what happened in the one o'clock games. And and I'm waiting for activity with the baseball, by the way. I'm just dying for it. And we'll try to figure out the college football playoff. Actually, it's really simple. All right, all that and more is coming up next. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. All right, voicemail time. Let's get to it. 917-382-1151. No Giants because they played on Thanksgiving Day. And not going to lie, I'm still salty. I'm still annoyed. I'm still bitter about the fact that I didn't cover Dallas minus eight and a half or nine, whatever the hell it was. Like, I have been haunted. I, I took an Uber today. And I'm not trying to say this for any other reason. But, of course, I walk in South Florida. The Uber, I got my strut, I got my sunglasses on. He's like, JJ? I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. You got to be kidding me. And he's like, you know, I had the Cowboys on Thursday. I go, thanks, dude. Thanks. Like, I, I needed another reminder. Man. But what a guy. I think his name, name was Marvin. What a guy. He's like, oh, he's kicking my brain. He's like, we're running through the gauntlet for like 40 minutes in the car going to the stadium. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But that Cowboy minus uh, whatever cover it was, was not so fantastic. All right, voicemails. Uh, I expect the Jeff fan to be in a good mood. What a difference a week makes. Let's hear him, Stefan. JJ, it's come from Staten Island. Let me tell you something. Jack Wilson never starts another game for this franchise. I'm not losing a fucking week to sleep over it. That's it. Enough of it. I love the bike flight today. I also love the fact that it was pouring rain out there today. I didn't hear any excuses from him. Not only that, guy played absolutely out of his fucking mind. Three touchdowns over 300 yards. Amazing. After what Zach Wilson was saying last week, Oh, Wayne, they couldn't throw the ball. This is what 
happens when you have a competent quarterback out there. And I love the fact that a lot of the movers finally make a play to this team. It was the worst kept secret that the reason why he was so pissed off is that Zach Wilson is just not the guy. And he will never be the guy. He's finished with this franchise now. That's it with this guy. I never want to see him again. Let's see if we can make a playoff phone. It's going to be tough. We've got a couple, good, uh, couple tough games down the stretch. But I tell you, this is the best chance we've had in at least seven years. Now we have a legitimate shot of getting into the playoffs for the first time in about 12 years. I don't want to see any more Wilson. I don't want to see any more Flacco. That's enough. Just Mike White and let's roll. The team is good enough on defense, and we have to just be confident on offense and just get in the playoffs. Let's go. I love a giddy come from Staten Island to start off the show. And I love the point you made about the conditions at MetLife Stadium. And they were, you want to talk about a contrast in conditions. I am right now in South Florida. It's like 80 degrees. It's sunny. I'm sweating. You contrast that to the Jet game where it's in the 50s. It's pouring rain. And yet, no problem for the quarterback. No issue getting the ball to Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And I understand the Bears' defense is off. And that Mike White is going to be tested a lot more over the next two weeks. But guess what? If the Jets had this level of quarterback play, in their prior game against the New England Patriots, we're talking about the Jets as not a 7-4 and four team. We're talking about the Jets as an 8-3 and three team. Competent quarterback play would have won them those two New England games. Look, coulda, shoulda, woulda. You can't play the what-if game. It's over. It's done with. But I'm right there with you. Zach Wilson is done as Jack quarterback, period. I think he's lost the locker room. I think he lost his head coach. I think his teammates would prefer Mike White. And forget about Mike White, whether or not he's the guy. That'll be that'll play out over the weeks ahead, and we'll see if he can take this team with a really good defense to the postseason. A defense, might I add, that was sloppy in the first half against Trevor Simeon and got their acting gear in the second half. Much different Jet defense, obviously. But this is about Zach Wilson. How did his team respond when he goes to the bench? They couldn't wait to get his ass out of the game. Talent. Very, very talent. All right, who's next? Hey, JJ. It's Mars from Brooklyn. So I'm not even a Jet fan, but the way that Zach Wilson's demeanor was on the sideline today just told me everything I needed to know. Clearly, he will never be wearing the Jet uniform ever again. He's clearly acting like a total baby because he underperformed. And despite getting benched, usually you would try to ramp up everybody, try to hype up your team, but obviously he's not a good leader. And this is, goes back to his days in BYU where he wasn't a captain, which is something to say. And it's just a shame because they wasted another first-round pick on another quarterback and obviously didn't go their way. I quite looked perfect today. Let's see how that goes later. Morris, I'm right there with you. Now, I understand it's tough to be a rah-rah guy after you get benched. And I don't want to compare everybody to my guy in Miami because, listen, he's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not perfect. I think we all know that. But I go back to when Tua got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. This was right after Christmas, 2020. The Dolphins are playing for the postseason, and Fitzpatrick comes in. Who is his biggest freaking cheerleader on the bench? It's Tua. That shows me something about the sort of character that he has and contrasting that with the lack of character from Zach Wilson. 
We get it. You're upset. You're inactive. Be a good teammate. I mean, to look like basically evil Anakin Skywalker, basically pulling your best, Hayden Christensen, get lost. What Jeff Fan is going to be defending this guy right about now? I mean, in all honesty, what Jeff Fan is saying, yeah, that's my quarterback, or next year, that's my quarterback. Screw him. Goodbye. Good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And for this general manager, look, he's done so much good. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, the Darnold trade, the Adams trade, DJ Reed, whole lot of good. I'm giving him a mulligan for the quarterback. And normally, that's like one of those transcendent decisions that you make that you can't overcome. I think this is a rare instance and a rare occurrence where the Jets are going to overcome it from a regime standpoint. This regime, whether it's a veteran quarterback or whether it's a young quarterback in a few years, they're going to get another chance at it. Normally, you don't get that chance as like a front office. You screw up the quarterback, you're probably fired. You're probably gone. Because they hit on so many good players and they have set up this rebuild the way that they have, I think they're going to get another shot at a quarterback. And if I own the team, I would give it to them. Wouldn't you? I mean, I'm looking at the talent on the field. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them a redo. Zach stinks. Go get another quarterback. And with this roster, it's got to be somebody who could play right away. Who's next? Yo, JJ, what up, man? Christmas, Springfield, Mass. Just watched this bullshit-ass Giants game. Man, I know Daniel Jones comes on with you every Tuesday, and you, you got to deal with him, so you kind of kind of got to tiptoe the line. He is trash. I'm sorry, JJ. He is straight trash. Hot trash. He can't get it done. I don't want to hear excuses. The team should have scored at, at least 10, 10 points, if not 14 points, after those two gifts in the first quarter. He couldn't get it done. He stinks. This new GM, this new coach, they're not trying to future son. He's out of here. I can't wait for him to be out of here. He just he's not the guy, man. And he's never been the guy. So let it let his ass go. I'll pack his bag. I'll bring him to the airport. Give me Derek Carr if the Raiders so foolishly release him. Give him to me. Let's keep building this team. And Daniel Jones has to go. You know what? Let me let me let me let you in on the secret. He's a real life Oscar to Grouch. All right, JJ, keep crushing it. Well, Chris, I love you. I think you're totally lost on what you saw on Thursday. Now, look, I'm not going to defend Daniel Jones' performance and tell you that he played one of his best games of the year. And I think he'll be the first guy to tell you that fourth down throw to Saquon Barkley should have made, and it maybe is a game changer and a difference maker in what you saw on Thanksgiving Day. But let's also understand something. Daniel Jones is throwing the football to Sills, Slayton, Richie James. Like, who is he throwing the football to? Think about even a team like the Commanders. Who is the guy on a giant offense as good as Terry McLaurin? Like, outside of Saquon. I know Saquon's great. From a wide receiver position, Darius Slayton. If Darius Slayton was on the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers, he's at best a number three wide receiver. At best. He's the number one for the Giants. So, like, I think we have to be mindful of the fact that 
from a skill position standpoint, the Giants don't exactly have a whole lot to work with, do they? I mean, let's acknowledge that. But before we start, like, with these soliloquies of how the quarterback can play, quarterback has done more with less for a long portion of this season. And didn't have a great game on Thursday. And he's going to have to be much better if the Giants are going to be a playoff team. Fair or unfair? That's in front of Daniel Jones right about now. But my, oh my. The hate after that game from you, like, oh, you want Derek Carr? Got news for you. The Giants aren't going to go and pay big money for a quarterback internally. Or externally, I should say. Like, if they're going to do that, they're going to go and get themselves a quarterback in the draft. But they're not going to have the pick to do so. It's a, it's a conversation for a different day. And we'll be fair to Daniel Jones. Listen, we're going we're gonna to be fair to him from his standpoint, but he'll get some tough questions. Don't you worry about that. All right, last but not least, let's hear it. JJ, what's up, man? It's uh, Eric from Spotify Live here in New York. Uh, reveling in the, the Jets' Mike White win uh, just now. A uh, few points. I think this was a huge win for this team, not just because they get back on track, not just because the Patriots lose on Thursday Night Football, uh, but because it seems like we were really able to, as a team, kind of come together, rally, and get everything sort of sorted out uh, from the perspective of this could have gone very sideways. Uh, it's, you know, anytime you have a quarterback controversy, uh, especially when it's the guy you took number two overall, <clears throat> especially when the New York media and the national media are really all over covering the story that can divide a locker room, distract the team, get the coaching staff off their game. And <clears throat> they didn't fall for any of that. And they really, they were locked in. The defense looks fantastic. White made some amazing throws. I think at one point he had uh, receptions to 10 different receivers. Never would have seen that with Wilson. So it definitely feels like the locker room is behind White. He's got some magic going, so you have to ride him. But I think it was just, it was so impressive from the perspective of not getting too distracted following the media landslide that was going on this past week after Wilson's comments, which were uh, just inexcusable. So excited about what we could do moving forward. I know we have the Bills and the Vikings on the road, but uh, winning kind of solves all. And let's hope they can keep this magic going. Uh, Anyways, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I appreciate that, Eric. And this coaching staff should be commended. And I know there are going to be a lot of folks that say it's an obvious decision. They had to go and make the move and bench Zach Wilson. It's the number two pick in the draft. It's his second year. But what this coaching staff wisely acknowledged is, hey, guess what? We got a chance to be a playoff team. We have a team that is accelerating, that is growing, that is developing, that is getting better. And we have a quarterback who, simply put, is not. They go to a different quarterback. All of a sudden, the offense is competent. They're putting up points. They take care of business. And they validate the coach's decision. Stefan, I am going to ask you the question that I asked a good majority of the listeners. Do you think Zach Wilson has started his last game for the New York Jets. I think he has. I am confident in saying that he has because I don't think he'll be the quarterback next year and I don't think he's coming back this year unless there is an injury. Do you think Zach Wilson has played his last game as a starter for the New York Jets? I think so. Barring like Mike White comes out there and stinks the next two games, uh, yeah, it might be over. I don't know if you just checked your phone. I just sent you a message while we recorded. I know bad producer on my side. But Sauce Gardner says um, 
it's it, he says we you know he told the defense we'll be able to chill now like after watching that first well, drive right. we could chill up. we right. could chill I mean, for listen, a little bit Stephon, I'm fully convinced that if you were playing quarterback last Sunday against the New England Patriots, the <laughs> Jets might have had a better chance. chance to win. I mean, in all seriousness, he couldn't complete a damn pass, for goodness sakes. And that yeah. game was there to be had. The defense played their freaking asses off. And mm-hmm. let's be real about this, Stefan. The Jet defense today was not great in the first half. This not was not a vintage Jet defensive performance against Trevor Simeon. But Sauce they were allowed to relax because the offense actually had a productive and a quality game across the board. Yeah, that first drive told me everything. Like, Mike White, that was that was probably the be- the second best drive I've seen all season outside of that, that game-winning drive they had against the Bills. I think that's the best drive I've seen all season. It was like, wow, this looks like a completely different offense. Everybody's getting involved. Tight ends, running backs, all the receivers are getting touches. Uh, it's just, it just shows how much or what I said, I wouldn't say how much or how less of what Zach, what was Zach doing? Like, was he studying the field? Was he studying a playbook? Because there's no way Mike White is coming in and everybody is getting their hands in it. Granted, the Bears aren't good, but it still shows like there's two, it looks like two different football teams. To be 100%. And for anybody, Stefan, who was killing the offensive coordinator last week and in prior weeks talking about the offense not moving the football, I yeah. think you got to take a long look in the mirror and realize it's the same offense, it's the mm-hmm. same damn plays, it's yep. the same damn offensive coordinator, and yep. it looked like a completely different Jet offense today. So, exactly. anybody blaming Mike before, do me a favor, go take a damn hike, okay? Go take a lap, as my coach used to love to say after I would drop something in the outfield at Petrini's High School. Take a lap. <laughs> Seriously, take yeah. a lap. Because this Absolutely. was on completely the incompetence across the board of the quarterback you had in place. So you're with me. And I, I, I'm curious, Stefan, would you have answered that question the same way last week at this time? Probably not. See, I I was a little bit behind it because, A, remember, Mike White didn't, he wasn't scheduled as like QB2 for a long time. They were doing a whole Flacco thing. So I thought it was going to be Flacco again. And I was like, I just, I, no, nothing against Flacco. I just don't know if I, I want him to be a starter again. But man, Mike White, man, he, 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 yeah, he just, he just looked, he looks like a completely, it looks like a completely different team. So I don't know, man, poor Zach, but he's got to get together, man. This is some deep soul searching. Maybe he gets it together on another team. Maybe he needs to get out of New York and go play somewhere where it doesn't, where the media isn't on you and whatever the case may be. And he needs to go look at what's going on. But this, this, this is start. This is a start comparison. This guy, Mike White came in and got three touchdowns today. And you had four for the entire season. Let's just think that about that in hindsight. Eye-opening. Eye-opening. And I know that that you know should what I make know. you think. We're going to have a very... Uh, it should. And we're going to have a very giddy Joe Beningo on Thursday. So oh, you better get Joe, ready for that. Joe, Joe, oh man, you know Joe is going crazy on Thursday. I can't wait to have our pre-production conversation, which people are not privy to, but me and Joe chop it up for oh, the giddy. 10 minutes. That's the giddy jet right there. Giddy yeah, Stefan. Yeah. At Giddy Joe, and I'm going to deal with all you Giddy Jeff fans when I hear it, when I see you uh, week 18 in South Florida. Stefan's going to be right there leading the charge. Well, Stefan, get ready. That is going to be a scene, bro. That is going to be a scene. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, man. All right. What we got coming up next, we'll wrap it up in a big way. We'll do a quick look around the league. We'll have some trivia. Jeff Money, hopefully he's in unison on our Monday night play. That's coming up next. 
As a plant-based cheese company, Dea has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Dea cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Dea, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Dea Oat Cream Blend. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. So it's him and his pod right now at the end of the one o'clock game. So I'm watching the Chiefs and the Rams right now as we speak. I just saw the Chargers score a touchdown. You hate to see that as someone who has the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, here are my takeaways from the day. First of all, what a win for the Cincinnati Bengals. It wasn't pretty. It was not one of these eye-opening performances, but it was a tough performance by Joe Burrow and company. He gets the late touchdown to Higgins. Big win on the road against a very gritty Tennessee team. I told you the Bengals needed that game a lot more. They win 20-16. to How about the Jacksonville Jaguars? That was the game of the 1 o'clock slate. I'm so glad I hustled myself up to the uh, booth that I'm in right now and I saw the final two minutes of the game, which took a few years off my life as someone who had the Jags plus three and a half, the late Jackson play, the Ravens score a touchdown, then the Jags proceed to convert a bunch of big plays. They get the touchdown, fantastic catch in the corner. Peterson, I love him. He goes for two, he plays for the win. The Jags and Lawrence with a monster, monster win. And now... The AFC North is all even up. That's big result for the Jets getting a Raven loss because you want to bring them back down to the pack a little bit. Now the AFC North winner is at six and four. Big win for Jacksonville in their rebuild. Commanders, we talked about that earlier. Big stop late, 19 to 13 over the Atlanta Falcons. Now that commander giant game, enormous next Sunday. Whole lot on the line in the NFC. And those commander giant games, they're going to decide who ends up going to the postseason. How about our buddy Sam Darnold? How about the Carolina Panthers? 23-10 to 10 over the Denver Broncos. Wasn't the most eye-opening Sam Darnold performance. Uh, I'll tell you this. He's better than Zach Wilson. 164 yards and a touchdown. Had another rushing touchdown. You had the Broncos yelling and screaming at Russell Wilson. That trade is looking like an all-time bad trade for the Broncos. All-time bad trade. All the picks, all the capital, and the Broncos absolutely stick. 23-10, losing to the Carolina Panthers. My team, I was here for 30-15 over the Texans. They put up 30 in the first half. To a couple of late hits, end of the second quarter, early third quarter, that scared me a little bit. He didn't play the fourth quarter. I think he's fine. I think better safe than sorry. Texans are just a dreadful, dreadful team. The only drama I had at the end of the game is I had minus 13, so I'm like sweating out that cover at the end of the game. You take it. Dolphins are 8-3. They got a monster game next Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers, the Shanahan-McDaniel ball. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about that. And then the Browns in overtime for Jacoby Brissett, 23-17 over Brady and the Buccaneers. Isn't it amazing? The Buccaneers are under 500, and they're leading the division. Just think about that for a minute. That's how bad... The NFC South is like Tampa's going to go eight, nine, and nine and eight, and they're going to win the division by three or four games. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right. Larry, I'm sure he's giddy about his brownies. Not so giddy about his Buckeyes. How about Michigan? The tougher team, the better team. 
smoking Ohio State. Wish I had more on the sprinkle on the money line for what it's worth. And now I think the college football playoffs is simple. Georgia winning in. Michigan, I think, even would have lost. Georgia even would have lost. They're in. Georgia, Michigan are going. USC and TCU win. They're in. If they lose, man, is it one loss Ohio State? Is it two loss Alabama? They can't go with three loss LSU, can they? They can't. Not after they lost. You can't do it. So, whether or not you're dealing with a mess or not for the college football playoff depends on USC, and I think it depends on TCU. Hopefully, they both win. Unless you want chaos. You want chaos? Then root for a loss. All right. Trivia time. Larry, let's go. Larry and Ford, I'm a little salty about last week, so I'll give you a couple tough ones today. Carlos Beltran won the 1999 AL Rookie of the Year. Who won the NL Rookie of the Year in 99? Second one is seven quarterbacks have started in the Super Bowl in their second year. Can you name the seven? I'm out. Oh, man. Seven quarterbacks have started the Super Bowl in their second year. That's where I'm going to start. All right, number one, Dan Marino. One down, six to go. Number two, Stefan, Joe Burrow. Two down, five to go. Number three, Tom Brady. Three down, four to go. Now, this is where it's probably going to get very, very dicey. Those three I felt very, very confident in. So I need four more quarterbacks. Started the Super Bowl in their second year. Mahomes is not it because he was a rookie. Didn't barely, he barely played. Sophomore year or second year, he ended up losing the AFC title game to Brady and the Patriots. So Mahomes is not a correct answer. Man, this is where it's going to get very, very dicey. Very, very, very dicey. Oh, I got one. Ben Roethlisberger. Four down. Three to go. Now, Stefan, I ask you this. Do you expect me to know the next three? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. You do? You do? Yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all in, in that same. Yeah, you'll know them all. They are, you have watched all of these guys play. I'll say that. Wow. Okay. I have watched all of these guys play. That makes this question, I think, far more fascinating. Far more fascinating. The fact that I've watched all three of these guys play. Second-year quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl. I'm, like, going through the league. I'm, like, going through. It's not Peyton Manning. It took him forever to get to the Super Bowl. It's not Drew Brees. I said Brady already. Second year, John Elway. That's our first wrong answer. That's our first wrong answer. Second year, Joe Montana. All right, this is where it's getting tricky. All right, Stefan, we need some hints here. All right, so one guy, early 2000s. The other two, 2010s, early 2010s. All right, early 2000s. Kurt Warner. There we go. That's a good hint. All right. And then the next answer, or the next hint, I should say, is the early 2010s. Hmm. I don't think it's... Oh, Russell Wilson. 
who right now looks nowhere close to being a Super Bowl quarterback. And I need one more, right, Stefan? One more? Yep, one last one. Is it Jared Goff? Mm. Ah. My guy, a little too overzealous. Oh, no, it's not Cam Newton. It's definitely not Cam Newton. Oh, man. Early 2010s. It's not Eli Manning. Colin Kaepernick. Let's freaking go. Let's go. Took me a while. I needed some help. I needed some hints, but seven for seven. Now, the 99 NL Rookie of the Year, I feel like there is not a chance in hell I am going to get this. But I'm going to take a stab at it because that's what we do around here. It's not Octavio Dotel, who I think had a very promising and a very good year for the Mets. 99 NL Rookie of the Year. Stefani, you expect me to get this? Honest question. I don't know, man. You're kind of a baseball buff, bro. So I, I do kind of expect you. I think you may be able to get him. This guy is not a household name. Oh, um, this is trouble. Okay. Uh, so he's not a household name. That already Yeah, not me. a household name. But I'll give you this. He was a pitcher. A righty. I mean. Kevin Millwood? I felt like that was a good guess. I felt like that was a good guess. What division did he play in, Stefan? NL Central. Oh, God. 1999. So it's not Kerry Wood. Kerry Wood came up in 98. Not a household name. NL Central. It's not Rick Ankeel. Um, I'm taking one more stab at this. I honestly have no idea. This is a brutal, brutal trivia question. You see, Larry wanted to get me. He got me. Give him credit. He's salty about his Buckeyes. He's salty about me. It's okay. I still love you, Larry. NL Central. Remember, the Astros at that time were in the NL Central. So I don't want to forget about them. 99 Rookie of the Year. Is it Billy Wagner? Mm. No, nah, he's a household name. I should know that. Who the hell was it, Stefan? I don't even know. Scott Williamson. Oh, I never would have got that. You know, Williamson was actually a part of the Red Sox bullpen in 03 and should have been in there in the eighth of the ninth inning in the infamous Grady Little game. That's a, that's a brutal, brutal trivia question. Like, you could have given me the Reds. I still don't think I would have gotten it. But I do remember Scott Williamson. I do know the name. All right. Good job, Larry. You got me. Credit what credit is due. Jeff Money, the floor is yours. What do we got for Monday night? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here to handicap for picks. This is going to be for tomorrow, Monday, the 28th. I'm going to talk Monday night football. I'm going to go with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers plus the two and a half over the Indianapolis Colts. I know you like that as part of your five plays, so we're in agreement there. Again, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the two and a half, and everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I love that we have a family play for Monday Night Football. And listen, for me, it's very simple. It'll be a difference in winning week or losing week. Dolphins and Jets take care of business for Beningo and myself. We got to pick them more often. Bengals was my best bet of the week. I mean, my three-star locks on Place Your Bets, if you're watching on SOI, they have been in fuego. They've been beyond amazing. So... 
We'll have to keep that rolling, but I want a winning week, so I'll be waving my terrible towel when I'm watching Monday Night Football in South Florida. All right, Tuesday, Daniel Jones. And I'm going to get to a ton of Knicks stuff because I'm down on R.J. Barrett. There's a whole lot of things with the Knicks that are bothering me. We're taping this early, so we'll do a lot of Knicks stuff on Tuesday. We'll see if there's any activity with the baseball. And then Thursday, my goodness, think about the buildup to this week. Jets, Vikings, oh baby. Giants, Commander. Game of the week, maybe, in the NFL. That's how big a game it is for both of those teams. Can't wait. Can't freaking wait. Great job by Stefan. JJ signing off. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy Victory Monday, Jet fans. JJ out. Be good, everybody.